We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. Salute to Knicks Nation, morning edition of Knicks Fan TV Live, presented by Manscaped. CP the franchise in here with a special, special guest, the hardest working man in the MMA, in sports, whatever you want to call it. This guy was absolutely in his bag in the past couple of weeks. Diehard Knicks fan, friend of the program. He is the host of the MMA Hour. He covers MMA boxing and WWE for BT Sport. Also covers MMA on The Ringer in Spotify Green Room. He's doing everything. Mm-hmm. He's got the newsletter on Substack. Ariel Helwani. Ariel, how you doing, man? Welcome back My to Next Man TV. Oh, it's great to be back. Thank you for running down the entire resume as it currently stands. Uh, but this feels like home, even though I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'd like to say uh, maybe a contributor, a friend of the family, an yeah. extended member of the family. I'm a big fan of what you do. It's the only Nick's Instagram page I check out, the only YouTube page I check out. Uh, you've been killing it, man, getting Evan Fournier and all these other big stuff. I mean, man, good for you. I'm really happy, and I uh, I love I love what you guys did around the playoffs. Like, you're killing it. So Thank you, man. It's Thank great you. to be back. It's really great to be back, and uh, I am honored to be invited back on. Thanks a lot, man. And I got to say, you know, following your journey is definitely inspiration and motivation for me as well. So it's, it's always good to have you. Well, well Frazier's, you're holding it down over there. I mean, damn, you're talking yeah. to Spike. Spike, we had, we had Spike on. It's been an incredible year, man. Uh, but also for you, you know, as as I go back from these past two weeks, I'm, I'm just watching your page. I'm, it's, I just look at it as Elwani Vision, man, because I'm watching the SummerSlam coverage. Then we're going to Paul and Woodley, and you're in the press conference. You're running the way the the interviews the post-fight interviews uh you know when you look at this moment in your journey how did you reflect on everything that transpired last week for you oh man uh that's a great question just very very grateful because uh i'll be honest i felt like i was losing my soul like i'm a passionate guy and i've always said that um 
I don't want to be 85 and look back on my life and say like, damn, I should have zigged when I zagged. I should have done this, that. I don't want to have regrets. And, you know, for various reasons, and I'm not trying to throw shade, I just felt like I was losing my soul. I was losing that fire, that passion that perhaps separates me from others. And, um, and then I left. Uh, I left ESPN and I took some time off and I've never taken time off like this before. And I got to go home to Montreal. And then uh, I got to see my parents for the first time in well over a year due to the pandemic. And I just felt like, I felt like, you know, I'm a video game character and I'm like taking the mushroom and I'm getting all my energy back. You know, that's what yeah, Montreal yeah. was like for me. And then I wanted to come back real strong with a vengeance. Um, and I couldn't have scripted it any better because, you know, like you said, SummerSlam and then um, doing the Jake Paul Woodley fight for Showtime was huge. And then my show coming back and everything just coming back at the same time. I just feel very grateful. I'm very thankful that, you know, people wanted to uh, give me opportunities, that I found my voice again, that I was able to, uh, you know, I joke about being independent and unfiltered and all that stuff. Yeah. Look, man, you know about this as well as anyone. If you don't have the support of the fans, if they don't have your sure. back, if they're not coming back each and every time to, uh, to give you, you know, uh, energy and to galvanize you, then you have nothing. And, and for whatever reason, the fans have always had my back. And so I'm just so thankful. Like on Monday after that fight, I thought, you know, I just, I couldn't say it enough. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. And, uh, you know, I'm just a kid who like dreamed of these things. And now here I am in the ring and there's all this chaos and there's Woodley and Paul and, Lo and I'm like, how did I get here? This is amazing. So I hope to do it again. I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't want to do it again. But if that was it for me, one night only, man, I could die a happy man. In inspirational, man. And you, you mentioned you felt like you, you had kind of lost your way, and you go back to Montreal to back to the essence, you know, back home. How much influence did your family have in terms of you know your decision to to go to independent route, leaving ESPN and, and so on? Oh, uh, I mean, my family, you know, people ask me about my parents when I told them many moons ago, 20 years ago, that I wanted to be an MMA journalist. And they're like, what did your parents think of that? You know, because I come, I, 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 don't, I, I come from a Jewish uh, family in Montreal that, you know, most of my friends went, you know, down the path of, say, lawyer or doctor, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're contributing to society way more than I am. But I just wanted to do something a little different. And my parents, I mean, my mom, excuse me, my mom uh, watches, oh, what is going on here? Sorry about that. No, good. Uh, my mom watches every single thing that I do. Like I do, uh, you know, a, a three hour show on a Monday. My mom is watching it. She watches every single thing. She watched that whole pay-per-view on Sunday. Like they never for a second told me, oh, you should do this, you should do that. Sorry, but I don't know how to turn off my, my FaceTime here. Um, they, 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 they never told me like, oh, maybe you should think about this, you should think about that, none of that. And uh, I'm just so thankful that you know they, they've had my back and if they didn't have my back, maybe I would have quit a long time ago because Lord knows I've wanted to quit a very long time ago. So yeah, it was just great to see them. Like I, I couldn't have scripted it any better where you know I end one job and then I'm about to start another one, but in between I get to reunite with my family and they give me that, you know, that, that oomph, they yeah, give that me energy. that, get that, energy, you know, that energy. It was just so great, man. Like I, I honestly, this might be the best summer of my life. Um, because 
I needed that. I really, really needed that for my soul. I didn't need to go to Italy. I didn't need to go to, you know, on some fancy trip. I just needed to go home. I needed to regroup. I needed to find the love again, the passion again. And man, now I feel like I have it more than I ever had it before. And so I'm just very, very thankful and grateful. That's a beautiful feeling, man. So, uh, you know, you, you mentioned again that you kind of felt like you lost your way being at ESPN. You, you two did come to to the table on a, on a contract, and uh, it was reported that you know they kind of lowballed you a little bit. Why do you feel like? I mean, to, in, to me, this is my opinion that they kind of sold you short, you know, and and, and kind of you know didn't really invest to me in in your brand and and your persona you know you're not just a journalist to me you're a persona with with a very large audience and a brand why do you think that you know ESPN didn't see that same value so you know they gave me opportunities there's no doubt about that i got to do my shows i got to do uh my interview show the show with DC and and you know i got to do NBA sidelines mm-hmm. they didn't have to give me those opportunities but ultimately ultimately you know i'd be lying if i didn't say that I don't think the UFC and Dana White in particular had something to do with that at mm. the very end, right? Because I did a whole bunch of stuff over three years that I was willing to do. I didn't ask for anything. I didn't ask for more. I wanted to do those things. In my mind, I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I don't know how long this dream is going to last. So let me try to do everything. Let me try to do E60 and Outside the Lines and and NBA and at radio, I tried to do as much extra stuff as possible. And of course, in the back of your mind, you're thinking like, all right, hopefully I do a good job and it will pay off in the end. And then in the end, instead of it, quote unquote, paying off, I was offered less. Now, let me say this. Um, what I was offered, I think most people would be thrilled with. So I'm not trying to look down on it. But of course, no one wants to get a pay cut or anything right. like that or stay at the exact same spot as they were three years prior. Um and if I'm being honest with you, my man, like it didn't even matter. The pay cut didn't even matter. It would have had to have been a huge, huge, huge upgrade to stick around because I was just so unhappy. Um, and it wasn't because I was unhappy with the people there. They're all great people. A lot of them I still talk to. It was because, you know, I, I didn't sign up to be, you know, a PR guy. I didn't, I, I want to say what I want to say. I want to talk to who I want to talk to. And they have, a very good thing with the UFC. And I was like the one gnat that wouldn't go away to a lot of people there. And so they're making multi millions of dollars. And this one guy who's trying to be a journalist and tell it like it is, is kind of getting in the way. So I get it. It's hard to be, you know, in the journalism business and in the live rights business. I get it. Like I actually, I, I hope people believe me. I have no hate in my heart towards them. I really don't. They gave me three years. They, they, they stuck to their word. They paid me. You know, like I really have no hate in my heart. You know, of course, do I wish things could have gone differently because I know things would have been much better if they trusted me and listened to me and, you know, maybe had my back a little more and stuff like that. Sure. But I think I'm in a great spot now. I'm very happy. And maybe they gave me the rub. They gave me a platform. They introduced me to people that didn't know who I was. But yeah, make no mistake about it. I mean, since before I left and I've said this, Dana White uh, tried to get me to not even have my first day there. Um, and uh, that's going to be annoying for an executive when things are going great to constantly get phone calls about someone else. So I'm sure he's taking a victory lap. I'm sure he thinks it's great that I'm out there. Trust me, did me the best thing, like the biggest favor, the biggest favor to, if he did in fact push me out, which look, 
if they push me out, why'd they offer me a contract? I could have easily taken it. Yeah. Uh, but if if that's the victory he wants to uh, to own, um, it was a huge, huge favor. I'm so happy. I couldn't do things the, like the things I did at uh, Woodley and Paul, you know, right. like, and, and you know, and, and for those that are wondering, like, why didn't you do that at ESPN? Because the UFC controls production. Right, right. So they decide who's on camera. And I've always thought that I could do that. And I've always thought that I could do a good job. Not a, I'm not better than anyone, but I thought that I could hang. And so that's that. And I, I have no regrets. I'm happy that I went. I'm happy I got to figure out, like, what it was all about and, and, and experience it. Yeah, but yeah. I also have no regrets about leaving and about everything that I'm doing now. It, it was said that, you know, the falling out with you and Dana White was over... Uh, you quote unquote leaking uh, the Brock Lesnar return UFC 200 yeah. and and uh, Conor McGregor Nate Diaz fight and and therefore they they felt like you you violated them in, in some way. How do you feel? Not true. Not true. Mm. How do Not you true. how do you feel like you know with you covering MMA for BT Sport? How will that impact? you know, you covering the, these events and these cards com- coming up. Look at CP coming out with the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> My man. Hey, it's the morning show, baby. We got to give the people what they want. Look at CP here. <laughs> Dang. I thought I was coming on here to talk about Quentin Grimes. And, oh, and oh yeah, we're, we're going to get there. So, it's McBride, on the where are you at? It's on I saw Emmanuel quickly at the fight, by the way. He was sitting uh, ringside. Nice, I didn't nice. get a chance to say hello to him. IQ. No, but you you want the tea. Um, yeah. So... BT is the the broadcast partner of the UFC in the UK. Okay. But if I'm being honest with you, none of my deals, MMA Hour, BT, Ringer, have anything to do with going to events. I mean, the juice just isn't worth the squeeze going to the events. Um, and so with BT, like I'm doing sit-down interviews and stuff like that, that has nothing to do with the events. Yeah. Um, that's before the events, like at their house, at their gym and things like that. So I don't know. And people keep asking me, are you banned? Are you banned? Not to my knowledge, like I still get all the emails and no one's told me I'm banned. I don't know why I would be banned. I haven't gone to an event in a year and a half. I'm sure they're thrilled that I don't go, but I haven't applied for a credential. I just I just don't see the value anymore. They make me feel very unwelcome. Yeah. There's no yeah. access. You're sitting at the press conference, this, that. Like I could do all this stuff from home. And oh, by the way, my employers, like the ringer, they don't need me at the event to do my post-fight podcast. BT doesn't need me at the event. MMAR doesn't need me at the event. So what am I going for? To send a picture on my Instagram to say, <laughs> my office for the night. Oh, look at me. You know, like, I don't need that. I don't yeah. need, I, I feel like I've done it. I did it for 10 plus years and I'm good. I love the fighters. I love the fights. I have no, you know, like I, I love it. That's why I'm still here doing it. But um, there's the beauty of this situation that I'm in is nothing that I'm doing is beholden to anyone, any promoter. Um, and so no one can tell me what to say, what I can't say, what I can do, who I can talk to. And that's what I want. That's what every journalist wants. That's yeah. what every media wants. No one yeah. wants to be told while you're doing a show, don't talk about this. Don't talk mm. about that. Like, what the hell? I didn't sign up for that. And so that's why I'm just so happy. And I feel free and I feel empowered. I feel like I got my voice back. And uh, yeah, I don't foresee any issues. I mean, I'm sure people are going to try to make issues, but it's all Gucci on my NCP. You know what Skirt, I'm saying? Yeah. It's hey. all Gucci, baby. <laughs> Independent Helwani, man. That's like right. I said, it, it's it, it's motivation and inspiration for a lot of independent content creators out there because I feel like we're in a different age now where you can build your platform and be authentic and answer to no one and, and still build the relationships as you have. And so I, I think that's it's, it's truly inspirational, man. That's what the audience wants in 2021. They don't want mouthpieces. They don't want shills. They want 
the real, right? They want the honest truth. Um, that's why they come to people like you over perhaps other people. Like they just want the real. They don't care that you have a great relationship with this agent or that agent and you're going to come out and, and, and say what, you know, um, what they want you to say. Of course, it's good to have relationships. Of course, it's great to have connections and a Rolodex and all that. If people even still use Rolodexes, then you get the point. Um, but at the end of the day, the people just want the truth. They want sp- someone speaking, you know, what they're thinking on their behalf, telling it like it is. And again, that's what you're doing and that's what many others are doing. And so I'm just very thankful that, you know, I have a great relationship with the fighters. And, you know, people are like, oh, you can't talk to this person, that person. I don't care. If you want to come on the show, great. If you don't want to come on the show, great. I'm good. I'm happy. There's enough great characters in this sport who will come on my show and will have a grand old time. I don't care. Was there a time back in the day where I cared? Absolutely. But luckily, I'm in a good spot where I don't care. I just want to cover the sport the way I want to cover the sport in an honest, fun, fair, ethical way. And I feel like I found the situation that allows me to do that. True indeed, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP Ariel Elwani here on the early morning KFTV Live. If you want to call in, ask Ariel a question. Phone lines are up 657-383-1509 is the number. Or you can hit us up on the KFTV Discord. Uh, but, but but just a, a yeah. warning, if if you call up and you want to come at the king, you best not miss. <laughs> I just want to let everyone know. You got to bring the smoke. You got to bring the smoke, man. Absolutely. Um, the Paul Woodley fight. You know, uh, I'm sitting here waiting for the kid to get knocked out, uh, you know, <laughs> as I have in all his fights. You know, I, I always go for the underdog, Ariel. So uh, I go for the underdog and, and not so much for the, you know, the arrogant fighter. But I came away at that fight watching that fight fairly entertained for what it was you know and there's a lot of people that are against the Paul brothers they they feel like they're making a mockery of the sport on the other hand I, I think it's genius what they're doing you know name another amateur fighter who can draw as well as they can yes they're cherry picking their fighters and so on and so forth but these kids are box office I feel like they're leveraging their brand very well and, and drawing casual fans to boxing what do you think Anyone who is hating on them right now is just being a plain old jealous hater. Um, What they are doing for the sport of boxing for combat sports is amazing. First of all, going into this fight, third, the fourth pro fight, three under his belt, uh, sold out Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, a legit NBA arena. I was there. I saw it with my eyes. That's no BS. It was loud as hell. The energy was incredible. And yeah, he's fighting Tyron Woodley, who's making his pro boxing debut. Guess what? Terrence Woodley is one of the toughest guys on the planet. I don't care if he's lost four in a row. I don't care if he hasn't won in three years. He's Tyron freaking Woodley, okay, who's been on the biggest of stages, Madison Square Garden included, T-Mobile Arena, Honda Center. Like, this guy's tough, okay? And so you've got to be tough to actually step through the ropes in a squared circle and fight him. And oh, by the way, go eight rounds with him in your fourth pro fight. Like, that's a really big deal. And so anyone who says... These kids, and in particular, Jake is not a fighter. You're, 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 you're kidding yourself. Like this yeah. guy, you go in there and fight any other human being. To me, you're a fighter. I don't care if it's Lamar Odom or the, like you're a fighter. And this guy is taking it seriously. He's cutting weight. He has a proper team. He's doing everything possible. And here's the best part about it. It's not like he's going in there and taking someone's spot. 
He's not. T- he's not. He's not right. Master P trying out for the Raptors, yeah. and there's 15 players on the squad, and someone's losing out because it's a a circus thing. No, if anything, he's elevating everyone. Ask Amanda Serrano. Yeah. Ask Tyron Woodley. Mm-hmm. Ask all the fighters on that card. That's the most amount of money they've ever made, and the most eyeballs they've gotten in boxing. Like, what? what where is he hurting anyone right. here? Who is he? Like, people love to talk about the sanctity of boxing. Oh, the sanctity of boxing. Sanctity of boxing, boxing, WBC, IBO, IBF, with all these Fugazi commissions and all the crazy judging and all the crazy refereeing and the fake drug testing. Like, what are you talking about the sanctity of boxing? This kid is paying respect to boxing and is giving legitimate fighters because make no mistake about it, the rest of that card, Daniel Dubois, Amanda Serrano, Mm. Tommy Fury, Montana Love, Ivan Branchik, these are legitimate fighters. They are all getting opportunities to fight on Showtime because of Jake Paul. And Tyron Woodley's making more money in this fight than he did as a UFC champion because of Jake Paul. Because of Jake Paul. So I got respect for him. He's very smart. He knows how to promote. He's not hurting anyone. And he's not making a mockery of boxing. In fact, I think he is giving uh, boxing a whole new platform to be seen by younger kids, by a new generation. Who knows? I'm sure there are kids who are now going to the gym and be like, I want to be like Jake Paul. I want to throw hands like Jake Paul. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Uh, yeah, I agree, man. I think he, he'll bring more audience and more of a casual audience to the sport. And so, like I said, I think what he and his brother are doing are genius. The top two pay-per-view draws for Showtime this year alone. And so you, you got to give those guys credit. Uh, what do you think is, is next for Paul? Do you, is it a Woodley rematch? Personally, I'd, I'd love to see, you know, him and Masvidal square off. You know, Masvidal uh-huh. coming from the, the bare-knuckle streets of Miami with Kimbo Slice. I think that would be a good draw. Maybe Connor. What, what, do, you think, uh, what do you think is no, next? It, it won't be Masvidal or Connor because those guys are under contract with the UFC. So yeah. they're never going to let that happen, unfortunately. I, I think maybe he goes down the Tommy Fury route. He says, all right, I'll pause on the MMA thing, although it's been working out wonderfully for him. Um I'll fight a boxer. Everyone wants me to fight a boxer. I'll fight a boxer, sort of the same skill set and skill level. And then I think the big one that could happen next summer, if the stars align, is him versus Nathan Diaz. Ooh, uh, and I think that nice. could be a, a lot of fun. That yeah. would be huge. Him, I mean, could you imagine the Paul brothers against the Diaz yeah, brothers? Yeah, that would be. Our freaking minds would explode. It would be incredible. <laughs> that would be, would be a dope amazing. card, man. That yes. would be a dope card. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boy. CP Ariel Awani here on the early KFTV Live. Let's go to the phones. Let's go oh, down yeah. to Philly. My guy Angel from Philly's checking in. Angel, how you feeling, man? Good morning, brothers. How you guys doing? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm actually working right now. So, you know, I had to show to show some love and call. Yeah, man. Work, work and but, wait, um, man. Let's go. Work and wait. All good. Yeah, you said what? I couldn't hear I, you. I said work, work and wait, Angel. We got more important things to do, man. You're on with Ariel and CP, man. Right. Let's, let's go. Right. How you get right. So um, I guess my I got two questions for you guys. Um, I guess my first question is, is um, for Ariel, who was your biggest influence? You know, because obviously it takes a lot to get to the point that you're at now and you got to stay focused. So who had the biggest influence regarding your career? And uh, my second question would be, what advice would you give to someone like me or anyone that wants to not only maybe start their own podcast or reach the platform that you reach. So that's what I would want to ask. And uh, as always, thank you guys for taking my call. Thanks, and uh, you guys have a great day. Th- thanks a lot, man. Thanks, man. Uh, great questions. I-, I can't say that there was one singular influence. I grew up watching so many people on TV, listening to so many people. I was um, 
I was really obsessed with the magic of media, the magic of TV, the magic of radio as a kid. Um, and there were a lot of people that I looked up to. Howard Cosell was someone that I thought was the man. I loved the way you know he had this commanding presence, and he was a you know a, a voice in boxing, the fight game I loved. He was a voice in the NBA, football, baseball, etc. Um, and then growing up, you know, when I was uh, you know in high school and whatnot, Marv Albert. I love Marv Albert. Oh yes, <laughs> from downtown. I mean, he's just a legend. Bob Costas, yeah, legend. Yeah. Um, Mike Breen, legend. I mean, I never, I'll never forget when we got MSG. We got DirecTV in uh, the mid '90s, '97, and then I got to watch, you know, Albert and Johnny Hoops and Mike Breen and all this stuff, and it was just so great. So those guys. There was a baseball announcer um, in Montreal named Dave Van Horn, who I used to love as well. Uh, Howard Stern, huge, huge influence as far as my interviews are concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people, you know, in the 90s and whatever, you know, there were a lot of hijinks. But when it came to interviews, he's the pound for pound king. Like there is no one better than him in my lifetime. Um, and so I, I listened to a lot of these people. I watched a lot of these people. I used to stay up um, late, 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 like 11, 30, 12 in high school and I, I'll never forget, under my covers, I would position my Walkman radio in a certain way, and only late at night would I get WFAN so I could yeah, listen yeah, to the yeah, next yeah. post game. Because no one was talking about the NBA when I was a kid, you know, in Montreal. Like, the radio there, the, like the, the, the Raptors were nothing, the Grizzlies were nothing. And so this stuff, I would, you know, I would just take it all in, and I loved the idea of talking about sports, about being a personality, being on air. Um, and I dreamed of doing that. So yeah, it's surreal that, you know, people want to listen to me now that I'm an escape for people, that I'm a voice for people. And, um, and I just count my blessings. So so I took a little bit from, from all those people and, and tried to make, you know, my own kind of style and persona, but I'd be lying if I didn't say like, I took a little bit from Howard, from, from the both Howards, Cosell and, and, uh, and Stern and Costa. I just, but then ultimately you have to be yourself. And that leads me to the next question. My advice would be, you know, this is what I did when I started. I looked around and I said, all right, you know, as far as MMA, what, what is missing? And what do I love to do? And it was interviews. And there was just this wide open lane as far as MMA interviewing was concerned where I felt like I could really make an impact. And so I focused on that. And so I looked at everyone else and I took elements of everyone's style and I tried over time to blend it into my style. And... Um, I just wanted to be unique. You know, a lot of people uh, will reach out to me and say, oh, how can I be an MMA journalist? What do I have to do this and that? And then they'll show me stuff that they do. Um, And it's like a recap of Bellator 265. And my response to them would be, what are you doing that is going to make you stick out? No one is coming to you for that recap. You can get it on ESPN.com or MMA Junkie or MMA Fighting or whatever. And so you have to stick out. And so I tried to do that with my interviews. Look at what you're doing. You know, you're giving the fans a voice, Knicks fans a voice. I always used to say the last few years, um, you know, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan, I'm a Toronto Blue Jays fan, this and that. I used to think that the Knicks, the Knicks media that was being served to the fans was some of the worst in sports. There were no good podcasts. The beat writers, I would follow them all on Twitter, and the whole freaking game was just them bickering with each other with their little inside <laughs> jokes. I was like, yeah. get out of here with this nonsense. Now yeah. I hardly follow any of them. Yeah. I follow like you and Nick's Film School and all those guys, like, because you're giving us what we want. 
you know, like, and you're fans and you're passionate, but you're also analyzing things. So that, you know, you, you guys found your voice and you found your lane and you're serving the audience the right way. And so that's my best advice. Like, look at what people are doing, be different, be unique, stand out, and don't wait for anyone to give you the shot. Like, I had to start my own website. I wasn't working for anyone um, in, in the early days when I started in 2007. Don't wait for someone to give you a handout. And then on top of all that, be patient. A lot of people are impatient. They think it's gonna happen in a year. I mean, I started in 2007. I still don't feel like I made it. I just got to Showtime to do the boxing match last week, yeah, you know, yeah. 14 years later. It takes a while. You have to be patient. You have to put in the work. Be respectful. Be professional. Um, you know, to the people that were there before you, be respectful. Be professional. You know, don't come in like a tour de force and start, you know, hating and causing ruckus and everything like that. You know, have some respect for the previous generation. Work your ass off. And when you think you're working hard, work even harder. Well said. Well said, man. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. I want to shout out Virtuoso. Sends a super chat. He says, Ariel is a living embodiment of a Drake song. He has enemies. Got a lot of people trying to drain him for his energy. <laughs> trying to take away, away from a, a Quebecois. Go yes. Knicks. <laughs> Yo, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something straight up? Yeah. I love Drake. Of I course, love Champagne Poppy. That's yes. my guy. Yes. That's my guy. I love him. Do you any have any features on CLB? Is is that the next wave for you? No comment. No comment. Uh, no, I don't. But yo, listen to this. This is nuts. This is nuts. So anytime I, and I hope he doesn't mind that I say this. Anytime I'm about to do something, I, um, I, I, I listen to Drake. I listen to like headlines, zero to 100. Like I just, he gets me fired up, right? Uh, freaking lemon pepper freestyle. Like, oh my God, I love it. I love it. That's all I listen to. So I'm on the Showtime broadcast on Sunday night, and they go to me first. And I'm talking up Woodley and this and that. And I said, guys, if I can steal a line from the lyrical genius Drake for a moment, you know, who once said, right? He once said, someone told me I fell off. Ooh, I needed that from headlines, right? Mm -hmm. Now they try to see And let's be honest, for the last few months, a lot of people have been saying Tyron Woodley fell off. Tonight we find out if he needed that. I mean, I felt pretty good about myself. I felt pretty good about myself. Okay, then, then I go, we have to go from the set to ringside to call the first fight. So I'm like, all right, good start, feeling good, feeling good, got the nerves out and everything. Palms are a little bit sweaty, all good. Sit, check Instagram real quick, and there's a DM from Drake. Oh no, get it. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the shout out, my brother. That's what? dope, man. That is dope. That Yo, is dope. That's crazy. The feature's coming, man. The feature's uh, coming. Yo, he's my guy. Like, I would love to interview Drake. Two Jewish boys from Canada, yeah, you know. Yeah. Doing it's going to happen, man. Uh, I'd love to. So I have a lot of love for him, and I can't wait um, for the new album. And uh, that's my guy. I will always back Drake. I want my chips with my dip. I will always <laughs> back that guy for life. And all the haters, you, I got two words for you, all right? That's my guy. <laughs> Great, great story, man. Um, shout out my guy Ari in the chat. He says, who's the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter right now in the UFC? Well, you know, Khabib was the guy, but then he retired. Yeah. Izzy was the guy, in my opinion, but then he went up and lost. So yeah. right now I have to give love to Kamar Usman, Usman, who's been doing big things. Welterweight champion, the Nigerian Nightmare, who will yeah. be fighting at Madison Square Garden on November 6th yep. against Colby Covington. Mm -hmm. So... If I had to pick one dude right now, it'd probably be uh, 
Usman. Yeah, I, I got to go with my guy, Usman, man. Absolutely filthy. Looking forward to that fight at the Garden. Uh, looking forward to my guy, Aljo, taking on Jan to quiet the haters, man. That's you know, right. controversial finish. Didn't <laughs> want the belt, got the belt. I, I saw him on the show yesterday. You guys had an airing of grievances. You know, that, that was dope. <laughs> that was dope to see. Hey, uh, I got a lot of respect from a lot of people who have beef won't come on. They'll say, screw yeah, you, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. He showed up. Went back, and that's what I say to everyone. Like, yo, it's not personal. Mm. The job is sometimes to be critical. I try not to be. I don't want to have haters. I don't want to have beefs. But yo, sometimes you have to say things. Yeah. And uh, it's not like I hate you or I'm wishing bad upon you. If you have a problem, come on the show. We'll talk it out. Air it out. You call me names. I'll say some stuff, and then we'll shake hands. And I wish you the best. And so. Say what you will about Aljo. He showed up. He didn't have to. And so I got a lot of respect. Yes, sir. Shout out to Aljo. Everybody in Long Island, stand up. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. CP Ariel Awani here talking MMA. But now let's talk orange and blue. Let's talk oh, Knicks. Yeah. Let's go. What did you think about the offseason? The draft. You talked about Quentin Grimes, Miles McBride, Jericho Sims showed out in Summer League. Free agency. Bringing back Rose. Burks, Noel, adding Fournier, and then the surprising adding Kemba, re-signing Julius. What did you think about the Knicks offseason? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so I will be honest. Originally... Uh, I was getting a little worried um, on draft night. I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? But you know what? I have come, you know, in the past, we are um, or we have been conditioned to, you know, let's be honest, uh, not trust yes. Nick's management. The you know, expect the worst mm-hmm. when it comes to Nick's management. And uh, I have a lot of trust in this new management, Leon Rose and worldwide west and all this stuff and uh i just, and and the scouting team and so i wasn't freaking out and then they drafted these dudes and then you see them in uh summer league and i am freaking pumped quinton grimes looks like the second coming of h2o allen houston deuce mcbride has sick hair seems like he's really happy to be a nick yeah. and also i love his tenacity yeah. uh i love his short shorts i love everything about him <laughs> he's the man Jericho Sims is jumping out of the building. Like, I love all three of those guys. I love the draft. I love what they did. Um, And then, all right, you know, free agency starts. And all right, it's Fournier. And yeah, maybe it's a little more than you would have expected. But we needed a shooter. And he had a great run with Orlando. Not the best run, but still a pretty solid run with uh, Boston. 
and it's all right, okay, you know, we get the hometown discount from Julius. We lose Reggie Bullock, and, and he was good, but, you know, not the biggest deal. We re-signed Nerlens Noel, and then you're like, all right, this was okay. Okay, you know, yeah. This was all right, you know, I'm happy. And then the freaking bomb from the Bronx comes. Kemba comes home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And I love it. Everyone doubting us. And by the way, when they made that trade to Oklahoma City, I tweeted, Nick should go after him. And everyone's like, dumb, 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 dumb. And look what happens. Yeah. Nick's went after him. And he gave him the hometown discount as well. Thank you very much, Oklahoma City. I think this is going to be great. He's going to be revived. There's going to be a little less pressure on him. Yeah. Having yeah. Derrick Rose back him up. Quickly's there as well. McBride, we'll see what happens with those guys. But those two guys together, I think are gonna are they're gonna elevate each other. Um, I know the big question is, you know, was the was the season an anomaly for Julius Randle? Is he more the guy we saw in the playoffs? Regular season Randle is coming back. You know, he had a big year. He was probably tired, a lot of pressure. They were game planning for him in front of a crowd for the first time. And you know what? The Hawks are good. You got to give them respect. They had a great game plan and they're a great team. And I thought it was crazy that so many people thought that the Knicks were just going to steamroll right through them. They're a really good team. They and look how far they went. They, they were a good oh. team, and you got to tip your cap to them, sure. Absolutely. And so uh, Randall's going to come back. Kemba's going to shove it down everyone's throat. I can't wait for like a random Monday night at the Garden in January oh, when he's step-backing yeah, all over yeah. people. The Garden is going to be insane. And to me, one of the biggest questions is Mitchell Robinson. Can Mitchell Robinson take that next step? Can he stay healthy? Can he be that force in the middle? Obviously, we've got some guys to back him up, but I think we really need Mitchell Robinson to do his thing. Um, I like the starting lineup. I think they're a better team than last year. I think they're a deeper team than last year. I don't think they lost that many pieces. It's another year with Tibbs. Everyone's more comfortable. It's another year of Obi Toppin, who looked great. It's another year of Emmanuel Quickly, who looked great in summer league. Like, man, I am hyped. I I love this team. And and you know what's so fun about this team? They're they're likable. They're fun to root for. They represent the city. Like, Man, this is every, this is all we ever wanted, right? This yeah, is all yeah. we ever wanted from a Knicks team. A likable, hardworking, fun, young group of guys. And we got it. And we've got the prodigal son, the last great New York City point guard, Sucks. at least for now, coming home. Like, what a story. This is great. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you, man. I just think, you know, we have a locker room of, of, of unified guys, you know, 1 through 15. Uh, guys who have been here before. Kemba knows the stage, which is very important. Derrick Rose knows the stage. Julius and RJ are stepping up as leaders. They're putting in the work. I'm not sure if you saw the off-season workouts of RJ, but he's looking beastly out there. I'd even mention my Canadian brother, oh, yeah. Maple Your Jordan. Canadian brother is I mean, going in right now. Going yes, in right I didn't now. mention him. I was so bummed that Canada didn't qualify for the Olympics. Yeah. It wasn't his fault. Him and Andrew Wiggins played really, really good, but, uh, you know, FIBA's a little bit different. Anyway... RJ continues to improve. Yeah. yeah, it's a great squad. I think Fournier is going to be great. He's going to open things up. I'm really excited. And I love I love Fournier's swag, like yeah. calling yeah. out KD. Talk, you know, like I just I love that guy. He's a lot of fun, man. He's really he really is. So, um, yeah, there's just there's just a lot to be excited about. Mitchell Robinson, though, I think he needs key. to step up. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Mitch is definitely going to be key in terms of his health. And I just want to see more development in, in year four for him, more maturation in his offensive game. And But I think having consistent playmakers in Kemba, in Rose, RJ, Fournier will certainly help him. And, and so I, I think that's a good thing for Mitch. But his, his defense was sorely needed, especially last year. Noel's a great rim protector. But yeah. Mitch offers you so much more versatility on the perimeter. I, I thought that was sorely missed in the in the Hawks season, especially. Hawks series, especially. 
Look at you playing. You play like little highlights and stuff while we're talking about oh, RJ. Yeah. You oh, yeah. This, this, this is all yourself? Blown. Oh, yeah. This this is all us, and we have the rights to this. We have the rights to these clips. And, How do you get uh, the rights to them? And, yeah, man. Well, I, I mean, that's that's a little top secret, but <laughs> okay. we do have the rights to this. And, and yes, this is a full-blown soup. But you do it all yourself? Show. Yes. This is a one-man production, Ariel. Hosting, yeah. directing, producing, and I got my guy Super Dave on the background. He's screening the calls, so we, we don't let anybody and anybody. He's in the room with you right now? He, no. He's at he's at his own house. This is okay. all a remote production, but he, he's screening the calls. He's man in the chat. We're we're looking out for the goons. You know, we we, we keep a tight ship. What do you do? There. You 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 get rid of him? Oh yeah, yeah. He screens them. You know, sometimes he might get crossed up a little bit. It happens. We, we get a little yeah. accidents. We might have some enemies coming in, representing the Nets or the Hawks and things yeah. of that nature. And you know, we'll we'll let them in for a little entertainment as long as they come in respectfully. So sometimes sometimes it'll slip through. But I think we got like a ninety eight percent. You know, I love it. Right I there. love it, man. I come. I I'm I'm on here after every big game. I listen to the podcast. Everything you guys are really doing a great job. Appreciate I'm it. a legit fan. I've been waiting for a show like this, a podcast like this, to represent the Knicks. The the coverage. You know what I'm talking about, right? A yeah. few years ago. When did you start? 2017. The the summer Frank draft, and and we were potentially trading Porzingis. Summer 2017. Oh yes, though. Yeah, like I remember. I used to listen to. Um, Damn, what's his name? Uh, he did a good job. He's now with SI. Um, he, he works with he works with Ashley. Oh, sometime. oh, uh, Lundberg. Lundberg, yes. Yeah, yeah. He used to do a pretty good post game show and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. you know, after he left, and there was there just wasn't a lot of good stuff. Anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. Can we talk about Frank Nilakina for a second? Sure. Can we get over this? Like, I, I, this is the one beef that I have with Knicks fan. Your your infatuation with this guy the is completely Frank delusional. Will not he, let it go, man. They will he not is let it not go. that guy. He is not that guy. He never was. He never will be. Get over it. He is not that good. What's wrong with you guys? Well, I'm telling you something right now. The Frank Hive are going to transfer their membership to the Duke's McBride Hive. Because yes. not only yes. is he a tenacious defender, the three-point shot has been looking on the money. He's operating out of the mid-range, and the kid is just poised, very mature for his age. Obviously went to a good school, well-coached under Bob Huggins at West Virginia. Now he's going to come in here under Tibbs. I think McBride is going to have a chance to play, especially factoring in you know potential load management with Rose and Kemba. You knock on wood, these guys don't get injured, but I think McBride, he's going to force Tibbs' hand, especially on the defensive end. 100%. I love his style. Um, I love he's doing TikTok videos while wearing his Knicks jersey. <laughs> yeah, uh, all three of those it. dudes. Like I, uh, Jericho Sims is fun. Yeah. Quinton looked great. I think Obi's going to have a big season. I yeah. think getting to play in the playoffs and, uh, you know, he looked good in summer league. There's really not one guy that I'm like, oh, I'm bummed this guy isn't coming back. You know, I'll miss Reggie Bullock's hair. Yeah, I, I yeah. still don't understand how he, like, actually plays with that and it doesn't weigh him down. <laughs> oh, and by the way, by the way, we, we no Alfred Payton. No, no Alfred Payton. No, I mean, no, with no all Payton, due respect. No Payton. All due respect, but no Payton. I'm, try, I'm not trying to be a hater. Yeah, but yeah, I just, like, no it was Payton. time. Yeah, it, it was time, time to move on. It was time. It's it's a it's a great I mean it's a great time to be a Knicks fan and uh, fans are back we got the vaccinated fans in the building yeah it's a great time I got to go to one game this was like one of the best experiences of my life mm-hmm. got to go to one game last uh, year it was the freaking Phoenix Suns game at the end of that big winning streak yep. yeah, was on there. a Monday night mm-hmm. in April and I got to sit for the first time in my life first time ever courtside <laughs> obviously I worked sidelines but I never got to sit as a fan yeah got to sit courtside. 
with the freaking legend, the mayor of New York, Mr. Bam Bam Baklava himself, Action Bronson. Oh, yeah, I was there. Yeah, I remember that. You were at that game. Yes, you were at that game. Yeah, me and Chuck D were at that game. I remember when they showed uh, Bam Bam on the uh, the Jumbotron. They didn't give you any love on the Jumbotron, man. There was some actor next to me, and they put him. I was like, I never even heard of this dude. Can I not get some uh, big screen love, guys? I mean, what is going on here? They they love the Law & Order guys, too, man. They always show the Law & Order guys over there, man. Yeah. But yo, Action is the man. Yeah. Huge Knicks fan. Very kind of him to invite me. We got to go in like the little room and have some Kung Pao chicken afterwards. Nice, nice. And uh, we're sitting there just chilling with Jon Stewart. I'm like, how did I end up here? How did I end up here that I'm with Action Bronson and Jon Stewart eating chicken at halftime of a Knicks Suns game? It was a great game, by the way. It was a heartbreaker that we yeah, lost. Yeah, it was a tough one, um, man. But yeah, man. I'm just, I'm just so happy that the Knicks are back. I'm, I'm so happy that, uh, that the fans could come back. Hopefully, that remains and everyone stays healthy. And uh, I'm just so happy that we have a team that we can root for yeah. again, that we can be proud that of. That we can be proud of. Well said, man. Uh, let me take two quick calls before you go. All right, I got to go to my guy. His name is Jay from Florida, right? All right. But, but we call Was he a him, hater? Yes. Absolutely. You hit it on the head. Okay, we let's go, him, Jay. We call let's him go. Debbie Downer. His name is Debbie Downer. They throw tomatoes in the chat yeah. when he comes through because he's always negative. Jay, live and direct. What's going on? Yeah, yeah Ariel. What's up, brother? I'm... I'm I'm the king, the CEO of the bad Knicks fans. Okay, let's see, let's see. With their own opinion, right? (laughs) CP, I forgot to mention this last night. Everybody loves, it's always once the Knicks, always the Knicks, right? Yeah. Did you see how Reggie Bullock went on that, on on the podium, on the Mavs podium, and said that going to the Mavs is a no-brainer? I mean, I can't, I can't, what do you, what do you want him to say? Well, I don't know. I wanted to stay with the Knicks. I, 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 a lot of people sent me that like, yo, can you believe Bullock said that? I, you know, it was what it was, man. It's PR, man. These vets don't care, man. Burks <laughs> and them don't care. That's what I'm saying. Grow your kids, play your kids. Your kids are invested. You drafted them. I don't mind the Kemba. Kemba's from the BX, so he's invested in New York. Taj is invested in New York. But these kids, these people don't care about New York. They don't care about the Knicks. They care about their next contract. I'm tired of it. Ariel, I want to ask you a question. How are you building your team? What makes you feel good if you won a championship with, with, with superstars we signed and, and bought or if, if our homegrown talent puts it together and actually wins us a, a, long, a long championship? I'm gone. Well, listen, drops I mean, I'll, I'll take it whichever way I can get it, if yeah. I'm being honest, but I feel like we got a nice little mix right here. And by the way, that's the best he got? I mean, he seemed like a really lovely guy. I mean, he, I, I didn't usually, see too bad. He usually brings the smoke. Last night, he, he came with it, and, and the chat greeted him with thousands of tomato emojis, and so he might be a little bit, you know, under the weather today. So, you know, well, you got to tune in the next time. He'll, he'll come back. Well, if I'm it. being honest, he was probably intimidated in the presence of Hiawani, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Now, I like a little bit of mix. Like, I thought, I thought, I know this is going to upset some people, that Brooklyn Nets team of a couple of years ago with D'Angelo Russell, you know, and Kenny Atkinson, like they were a likable squad, right? Because right. they were kind of the the lovable underdog guys. And last year's Knicks team kind of reminded me of that because it was a bunch of guys that people didn't want, that people wrote off. They wrote off Julius Randle. They wrote off Nerlens Noel. They wrote off R.J. Barrett, Derek Rose, et cetera. And I was like, wow, holy, like, here we go. And now you add a Kemba to the mix. Mm. Of course, we had some aspirations of maybe adding, you know, a big name here or there. But I'm okay with this. I don't think, look. Any Knicks fan that thought we were going to win the championship last year, you're delusional. Go back to 
October, November of last year, we would have all taken a play-in game. We would have been happy with the 10 seed, yeah, in yeah, my opinion, yeah, right? Sure. We ended up being the four seed with home court, and we won a game in the playoffs. Now I'll see Nick's, uh, Nick's haters say like, oh, great, you're happy with that? Yeah, yeah, I am happy with that. When you've watched the team that we've watched over yeah. the last few years, I'm happy with a playoff berth, home court, and one win in the playoffs. Now, I want a series win this year. Maybe two. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a gradual progression. That's what those early 90s Knicks teams did. Every year they got a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. But, you know, and, and they had the homegrown guys like Ewing, Starks, Mason. They had the guys that they added like Oakley, X-Men, yeah. Derek Harper, uh, you know, those uh, Doc Rivers. Like, you know, it was a nice mix of homegrown and adding. That's mm-hmm. the, that, I mean, like, look at the Bucks. Homegrown Giannis and company, yeah. but they had to add a few guys like yeah. Drew Holiday. It's impossible to do it one way. Right. But right. as long as you have a good culture, a good front office, the type of team and organization that people want to be a part of, there is no reason why the Knicks should have been the laughing stock that they were for the last 20 years. And it's because players didn't want to come here. They didn't want to be a part of this. Um, they prefer to go to Brooklyn, that sad sack organization, and play for the B team. Well, guess what? <laughs> Them days are over. They want to be a part of the A team. They want to be back at the Mecca. That's they want to be in front of the bright lights of the big stars on the grandest stage possible on Broadway. Oh, I feel bad for all the fans this year that think that the Knicks are not going to be relevant again. I mean, you are so wrong. And guess what? We're going to be even more insufferable. Oh, and you know what's so fun? We're going to be obnoxious, man. I'm looking you forward. know what's great, CP? You know what's mm-hmm. great? I was doing sidelines. And it was great. And I loved it. And can I just give a shout out to Mike Breen and oh, Jeff yeah, Van Gundy? Yeah. Mike Breen, Mike Breen, an absolute mensch. You know what a mensch is? Yeah. Like this guy, when I left ESPN, he didn't have to write. He went out of his way to write me one of the nicest text messages I've ever received. Mm. It brought tears to my eyes. This is Mike Breen. Mm. Mike Breen, man, would take me for, for a sandwich before the game. Like he didn't have to do any of that. Right. All those people. Like I, I really want to give a shout out to Doris Burke and Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jones, and Ryan Rucco, uh, Cassidy Hubbard, George Sedano, Israel Gutierrez, like that NBA on ESPN team and family, mm. I hate to say it, like that was the best part, the best experience, the best byproduct of me being at ESPN. I will never forget those games and those experiences. And when you're working that job, you got to be down the middle. You got to be, you know, unbiased. You can't have favorites, root for teams, players, etc. Well, guess what, CP? I'm not doing that anymore. I'm back, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I can be as crazy, as insufferable, as biased as I want to be until I get another sideline job. But for now, I'm all in. All in, baby. Pat O'Brien said back in 1985 when the Knicks got the first pick in the lottery, basketball back. is back in New York basketball City, my friend, and it is, is back in New back. York City in 2021. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Well said, Ariel. Uh, you have time for one more question? I, I yes, know you're yes, tight. let's one go. More. Let's right. go. I'm hyped. Last question of the night. He's hype, baby. Let's go. Hit that thumbs up button for you, boy. CP Ariel Awani here. Ben from Atlanta. Let's go. How you doing, man? Hey, what up, CP? It's my second time calling in. Yep. Um, last time I called in was right before the draft, and y'all diagnosed me with PTSD because I didn't want Brandon Bush. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm I'm more than happy with what we did with the draft. Super happy. I, I don't think anybody could be disappointed. And I want to give a shout out, my guy Ariel. You know why you my guy? Not only are you a Knicks fan, 
but you're a fan of the best football team in the state of New York, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Let's go. Yes. Oh, wait, wait. Yes. You mean the yes. AFC Bill champs? Mafia. You mean the eventual Super Bowl champs huh? this year led by the GOAT Josh Allen, yeah. the MVP Josh Allen, <laughs> Stephon Diggs? Oh, we are going to hey. run through the Jets this hey. year. It's going to be great. Hey, so my question, Ariel. So I know you're a Knicks fan, and obviously you do a great job with your MMA work. So my question is, who would you compare some of the 90s Knicks players, legends, who would you compare them to in regards to MMA fighters? Like oh. a Ewing, what, 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 you know, or yeah. a Starks or an Oakley. Who, who, would, who would we compare those to uh, certain MMA fighters today? Damn, that's a good one. Well, let me first just say, any Knicks fan that doesn't root for the Buffalo Bills should be ashamed of themselves. There's only big, one I'm team that plays. Giants, There's only one team that plays in the state of New York. All right, just for the record, <laughs> and it's the Buffalo freaking Bills over in Orchard hey, Park. All right? You guys stole That's... our colors, Ariel. You guys stole no. our colors. The, the, the true blue, the true no. red, white, and blue New York football giants. You stole our colors. We beat you guys when it mattered. The Desert Storm Super Bowl. But get it. I, I digress. Yeah, yeah, all right, that was you know we missed it wide right. Anyway. Um, <laughs> We should have won that one. It's funny you ask that because, you know, I, I love fighters. I feel a connection. You know, people are like, oh, you're a puny little, you know, white Jewish boy. But I feel a connection to fighters. And I like to think that I have a little fight in me as well. And that's what I loved about those Knicks teams in the 90s. That's why I fell in love with them. I didn't like the flashy players. I didn't like MJ. I didn't like, you know, Sean Kemp or whatever. I liked the freaking brawlers. Yeah, I yeah. loved Mason. May he rest in peace. Mason, I love Charles peace. Oakley. I love John Starks. Patrick Ewing was my favorite player of all time. Gritty, um, hard-nosed, <laughs> tough, hard hat wearing, lunch pail bringing, blue collar team those are my guys and so like i can't really give you oh ewing is this guy yeah, oakley yeah. is this guy but let me tell you something like we all know the stories of charles oakley and 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 and, and tyrone hill and all those things yeah, that happened yeah. like we all, we've all heard those stories and i can't wait for his book that i think is coming out in early coming out soon Co yeah out uh soon. frank isola wrote it with him i can't mm -hmm. wait for that by the way still ballin is a great nick's book have you read still ballin i haven't who's who's that still ballin so if you need, if you got some time, you know, over the next month before the season starts, you want to, you know, chill out. Labor Day. Still Ballin is a book written by Frank Isola and Mike Wise, mm. two legends of the media game. They they follow the '99 team. It's all about that '99 season. It came out in like 2000. They they turned it around super quick. But it's a great trip down memory lane. I just reread it because I had some time mm. about that that '99 season, how great that that year was. You know, with yeah. all the ups and downs. Yeah. So anyway, shout out to those guys. Um, those guys were fighters, man, and I just loved it. I'll never forget. I'll never forget X Man going in Jordan's face. Yep. Remember that in '92. Yep. I'll never forget that. Absolutely. And it's a big regret uh, as a fan that they didn't keep him around. Yep. That would have been so great. He was. He was part of the fabric of that team. He was part of the heart and soul of that team. So, yeah, man. There's. It's no coincidence. Like I like the fighters. I like the blue collar guys. I like the hard nosed guys who've got heart, who've got passion, who don't care about being flashy and, and getting the, 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 the love and, and the endorsements. They just want to go out and freaking, you know, ram it down your throat. And, you know, in many respects, that's who fighters are. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's why I'm still a Knicks fan. After all these years, after all the slander, after all the, 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 the bad seasons, it's because that team connected with me and made me fall in love with them in such a deep and passionate way, I can't get rid of it. I'll be honest, there were times where I'm like, why do I care about these guys so much? Why do I let them affect my mood? 
But then you remember, you know, yeah. game two in May against the Hawks, and you see the garden rocking like it like <sighs> it was, and Obi top. I mean, yeah, like that's why we love it. That's why we love them. Absolutely, man. Just in that building, man. I had goosebumps game one in the beginning and then game two in the end outside. You know, everything spilt outside. It was just crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. And as you said, it just revived those memories as a kid of of the 90s, man. It was just electric being in there. And let's see if we can create some more memories with this team, man. Coming up on this season 21-22 campaign. But Ariel, man, I, I appreciate the time. This was a great show. Great episode. I know the fans in the chat are, are enjoying it. So uh, you're a busy guy, man. The, the hardest working man in sports right now, hands down. But I appreciate all the time you, you gave us, man. Absolutely. Hey, thank you very much. Always got time for you guys. I hope the Knicks fans know that uh, they're very lucky to have you as a representative, as uh, one of their voices in this media game. And I hope they know, even though I'm not a day-to-day guy, you, you, I'm one of you. And I will always, have, anytime I go on a show, anytime they try to slander the Knicks, I will always have the Knicks fans back and try to represent the fan base as best as possible. So like I said, it's an honor. Thank you for having me on, and I can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, man. Uh, any projects, any you know sites you want to you know send the fans oh, to? Or- Knicks Fan TV, check it out, CP. <laughs> he, he beats Max Kellerman with 10 eights every That's time they go. And Max is now gone because of the constant beatdowns that, is a fact. that CP gave that man. That is I a mean, fact. Peace, peace, CP, and still, hashtag that and is. still. Representing New York the best way. Ariel, thanks again, man. Enjoy the weekend. Get some rest, man. But thanks again for your time, bro. Thanks, my man. Take care. All right. That was Ariel Elwani. Salute to everybody in the chat. Once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. What a show. What a show. Excellent, excellent morning show with Ariel Elwani. Our matinee now getting to uh, 12 o'clock here on the East Coast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. That's that's my guy, man. I support that guy 100%. And, and a diehard Knicks fan, uh, great journalist, very much inspiring uh, what I'm doing here. So I definitely appreciate Ariel for all the time. Remember, this show is presented by Manscaped. Fellas, go out and get the new Lawnmower 4.0, the number one men's grooming tool from for below the waist the ferrari of ball trimmers go to manscape.com enter promo code nix for 20 percent off plus free shipping they have a lot of great products you have the lawnmower 4.0 you have the weed whacker this is the uh the hair and nose trimmer the weed whacker you have um you know your ball deodorant ball toner so that they'll set you up man and it also ships to the u.s uk europe South Africa, Australia, Singapore as well. So make sure my friends from all over the world go out and get it. And uh, proceeds certainly come back to the show and, and helps us, uh, you know, invest more in the show and bring you guys a quality product. So make sure you guys are going out and doing that. Uh, audio podcast of this show will be available. Go to KnicksFanTV.com in a few hours or so and you'll see the audio podcast links available we'll also run some replays of the show throughout the day so shout out to the replay gang ahead of time and uh yeah man i saw a super chat did come in from my guy alan berman alan berman says salute love that elwani is one of us dude is one good one of the good guys tell him to watch sam kilner's pro debut tomorrow kids a beast and gonna be a world champion sometime some somewhere so yeah i'll send that message to uh to ariel allen always appreciate you supporting us and we're out of here man do me one more favor to all of you guys in the chat right now please hit that like button hit that subscribe button and the notification bell and i'll catch up with you guys man cp i'm out